Good afternoon. Welcome to Aspen Weight Live. My name is Charlotte Richardson and I am metaphorically sitting in Ben Eltham's chair today mm-hmm. for this week's instalment. But I am delighted, as always, to have Mr. Paul Waite with me. How are you, sir? Did you have a good weekend? Yes, thank you, Charlotte. And you went away for the weekend, you say? Yeah, I did. I had um, I had my friend's Hendu that was booked in for the weekend, Ooh, and obviously so that was cancelled. Mm-hmm. So we we pulled together a last minute plan, and we went down to Whitstable for the weekend, and we had like an absolute ball. Have you ever been this way before, down kind of Kent way? Uh, I've been to is Leeds Castle in Kent. Yes, Leeds Castle isn't. It's about forty minutes away from Whitstable, actually. Yeah, we had a holiday in a place called Camber Sands. Uh, oh, lovely. Do you know where that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know very, very well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and obviously, and, and, and when I've been to the Kent office, I've stayed uh, fairly locally. So um, it's, it's not an area, it's, it's obviously, a, it's a very difficult, pl- Kent's a very difficult place to get to from Somerset. So it's not um, a part of England I know particularly well. Anyway. Well, it's absolutely gorgeous. And this little seaside town, we, we went and ate out on a couple of nights. And because the weather was so lovely, we were able to just kind of sit on the beach for hours. And it was really nice. It felt for the first time in a very long time, like a normal weekend. It was mm-hmm. really, really lovely. Um, but anyway, enough about my weekend. What was mm-hmm. really special about your weekend was obviously it was the first occasion that you were the host Ooh. of your very own weekend show. And we'll talk about it in a bit more detail. But firstly, how was that? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it's a bit, bit um, interesting uh, working differently. I, I, I've always been known to work on Saturday and Sunday morning in terms of sort of doing the more cerebral parts of my job. So uh, to be to be at uh, Lion's House at uh, the recording studio at my weekend was quite interesting. But um, no, it was, it was it was very enjoyable, and of course the Sunday show was quite a different format to. Uh, to uh, to uh, anything I'd done before, uh, and so sitting there for two hours uh, with music I hadn't chosen, for instance, was was quite interesting. But <clears throat> for me, the highlight really was um, the continued emergence of the whole team, and I was very very pleased that Drew um, was so proactive. You know, yeah, it was good. No, I really enjoy it. it- listening to it I, I've always kind of said when I've spoken to Drew and Ben privately there's a real nice camaraderie so even yeah. as a listener I think between the three of you there's like a really nice energy and that's I guess the really important thing sometimes trying to get across onto the radio um but like I said we will talk about that a little mm-hmm. bit later on the first sort of segment of this lunchtime show obviously I want to dedicate to some of the emerging news from the weekend and at the moment every news cycle is chucking up Oh, God, from all extremes, really. But one of the first things I wanted to get your initial opinion on was the story that I believe broke out about yesterday. And it's this emerging topic of some of the the leading retailers, Primark being the first, who are now rejecting the furlough bonus. Now, when I saw that story, I I actually thought, well, well done, Primark. Kind of a bit of a pat on the back there. John Lewis subsequently followed suit and then I've now noticed them um, watching the BBC this morning and I'm watching some more interviews and anytime now a CEO is <laughs> is doing an interview one of the first things journalists are asking are are you going to reject the the furlough bonus as well so do you think it's quite an admirable step by these businesses and others should should take suit if they have the financial means to do so yeah no, it's, it's, it's been some interesting articles in the um, Sunday Times for, for two or three weeks now where um some of the CEOs of, I don't know what you'd call them really, more community driven, perhaps uh, 
understanding their place in the community uh, a bit more um, have, have have been um, trying to what the word is, you know, um, much more socially uh, compliant or something in mm. terms of, you know, not being seen to take, take, take and give something back. I think there's been far too many stories of very, very rich people, notably Branson, um, you know, wanting the begging bowl out when they've got billions of pounds. Yes, yeah, so obviously it has to be. It, it, it's, it's really refreshing, I think, to see in this in this increasingly cynical world that people would do that, Charlotte. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. And actually, again, considering it a little bit more, it's it, it's going to become a bit of a PR issue, isn't it? Because some of those firms, the sort of Arcadias of this world, where their CEOs have taken a very hands-on part of their brand, like Richard Branson is very much part of the Virgin brand, for example. You can't mm. kind of take, take, take it in and enjoy, and then I suppose not get the criticism. So I, I think it will become something that, yeah, is a PR issue. And Primark have obviously led the way and they'll be remembered mm. for that. But I do wonder now that more cynical element of those that follow suit, probably because the PR value, if they don't, as consumers, we have long memories, don't we? And I know for one, there were a few brands throughout the the COVID crisis that I think a little bit differently on now from the way that they've they've treated their staff. Yeah, I definitely think there's some companies and individuals that have damaged themselves by their conduct over the last few months. And, and moving on to kind of all these themes around consumerism and mm-hmm. the guidelines have been relaxed recently. Have you been out and about? Do you feel quite comfortable and confident to go to the shops and restaurants? Uh, very much so. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm somebody who who believes in living life, not existing. Uh, I think that's quite a good. Well, it's exactly the same there. Exactly the same there. Yeah, yeah I think not, I probably I think... boosted the economy a little too well over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you. That's how it should be. You know, I think. Um, I think uh, you know. To me, living living one's life scared, uh, just I'd rather not live at all. Um, I think um, I think one can combine. How can I put it? Um, sort of relative normality whilst not being an idiot as well, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I've done a number of things which um, you know I would say were quite sensible. So, for instance, I declined meeting a colleague who'd recently had COVID. Because I just couldn't see any point in putting myself in that position. However, uh, I've been going to client meetings uh, throughout the South and South Wales now for several weeks. Um, I do that with great confidence. I have no thought at all, you know, no fear when I walk in the room or or anything like that. Um, I was saying in the group staff meeting earlier, one thing I noticed, however, in, in stark contrast was despite Uh, the local beaches being absolutely packed and very little evidence of social distancing. I thought uh, the fear element in the shops I went to on Saturday was the highest I've seen over the last three months. I don't know what to make of that. No, and that's kind of something I wanted to interrogate a little bit more because I I feel exactly the same. It's really strange in certain scenarios, there's an element of like a quite relaxed attitude. Yet somehow when you go into a shop or into a supermarket, the energy changes, people's body language around you. Mm. And again, one of the emerging news topics over the weekend was around the introduction, and it seems it's like likely to come very soon, of face masks. And yeah. for me personally, I would find it a bit prohibitive because they're 
they are very uncomfortable. Do you think the face, the introduction of the face mask, we've seen Trump wear one, Pretty Patel's wearing one, mm-hmm. Boris, everyone, every leader is being pictured in one now. Do you think that introduction of a face mask would help consumer confidence, get more people into the high streets again? Or do you think it will be a deterrent? And do you actually think that the whole reason why we're having this conversation is scientific or economic? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've, obviously one of the things we, we like to do on Aspen Wait Live is always tell the truth. Um, so my honest reaction, Charlotte, is one of near anger. Uh, I, 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 I hate the thoughts of being made to wear a face mask if I choose not to wear one. Uh, one of the things I like to think I stand for is common sense, uh, common sense and balance. And I, I simply cannot understand how when clearly whatever anybody says, all the facts, the science p- points to the fact that, you know, we're now uh, in the death rows of certainly the current um pandemic you know so you're, you're looking at you know very small numbers of deaths uh, on a daily basis so why are we now being told to wear a face mask when two months ago we weren't i mean it just does my head in you know yeah it is interesting isn't it because obviously we all we stayed at home we followed the government guidelines and and certainly earlier on in in the year it felt like there was a very unified effort towards that we managed to get the r rate down we managed to do all of that without the face mask so partly i i do think and i do question if the symbolism of the face mask now and um it certainly i think would actually have a bit of an adverse effect on me if i had to wear one out and about yeah. i wear one on public transport if i go into london mm. um, and i always ask as well when i'm entering shops or i actually got a taxi on on saturday do you want me to wear a mask it's kind of it's it's just a, a polite thing to do and if the person says oh no i'm fine this is our policy then that's great it's kind of that consensual adult conversation oh, well, um, that we have and <laughs> um, but th- these are just our opinions obviously anyone tuned in is is very welcome to drop a comment on our on our facebook page or if you are listening to us via the podcast we still would really really love to hear from you you just have to drop us an email at podcast at aspen hyphen weight.co.uk can i just oh, i just yes, I did, I did, you asked me a question which i didn't answer so oh, it's quite important so um you asked whether the measure was economic or scientific so I think, you know, one thing which we can definitely dispense with is any pretense that this government or probably any other government uh, has has implemented measures based on science is bunkum. Uh, uh, but it's interesting you said e- e- economic. I, I would have said probably it was cynicism. I, I would have said that if, if, if I had to think about why uh, face masks may be introduced as mandatory in shops, it would be more to do with PR, PR, how the government is perceived by the media, uh, things like, you know, I've talked about this a lot all through uh, Ben and my live streams about uh, many of the policies being very cynical and geared towards uh, not losing the votes of the northern voters in particular that got the Tories in power in the first place. So I'm afraid that's my cynical opinion, Charlotte. No, and I'm sure there's probably a lot of people that echo that and, and there may be others that disagree. Like I say, do get in touch with us and let us know. We'd like to to share some other people's opinions as well. And every week seems, like I said at the start of the show, to be bringing kind of different topics and different things for you to discuss. And throughout the whole of lockdown, I think pretty much as soon as the measures were, were put in place, Aspen Wake took a very proactive 
pioneering approach to being a friend to people that need it the most. And I think yeah. we saw more examples of that over the past week when the Chancellor made his kind of summer budget and immediately you and the team were working away on on delivering your opinion, your advice, your expertise. Mm-hmm. And firstly, I just wanted to get your opinion on how you felt the Chancellor performed. I watched it live and I, I quite enjoyed the experience of watching it unfold and, and the back and forth. But yeah, how did you feel the Chancellor performed? Um I think that the Chancellor is the only person in this government who comes out of lockdown with cre- in credit. Um, when he was made the Chancellor, it was like, personally, it was like, who the hell is he? You know, I've never heard of this bloke before. He's come from nowhere. Um, I would have to say, you know, as someone who takes a lot of pride in my own performance and is always looking at other people, you know, uh, in terms of how they how they behave, how they speak, uh, you know, the, the thought that goes into it. I think um, Rishi Sunak ticks most of the boxes. I think uh, he's clearly very intelligent. He puts over his point of view in a very eloquent way. Uh, I think if one was giving marks for effort uh, out of 100, I would give the, the budget statement more than 90. I think oh. in terms of... Um, will it actually work much less so uh and that's and that's simply again you know there's something i've been saying for the whole 27 years that aspen weight has been in existence is governments don't understand business governments only understand large business they don't actually understand what what it's like to be someone that has a normal sized business you know with 10 employees turning over they just don't understand it so i think um I think personally, the the thousand pound bonus, for instance, you know, to re-employ a person that's on furlough is uh, probably not only unnecessary, but extremely unfair to businesses like mine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, well, I, you haven't put people on furlough anyway. You've, you've yeah. stuck by your employees at the very start. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm actually not being, I'm being, so I've shown great, I think I actually said in, a group staff meeting, I said, I would rather work 24 hours myself to keep you all in employment, if that's what it took. That's what I said. Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it, actually, to considering it from that point of view as someone that has been loyal. And um, I think it was the opening line of the Chancellor's statement, wasn't it, to say to kind of UK business owners, look after your staff and we'll look after you. Well, you have, but where's your reward been? The reward will be in the in the in the loyalty and fantastic team spirit we have that's that's life sciences yeah. isn't it without being too deep and that's cultural no no that's part of the culture of aspen weight isn't it and that's kind of going to survive anything um and for anyone who hasn't watched your update i really would encourage them to check it out on it's on our youtube um channel and it gives a really comprehensive summary and i, I won't go over it all now but i wondered have you had lots of people get in contact with you since and um, that mail out went out since the video went out um, about the new schemes and, and getting your opinion on it. No, and I'll tell you why, because um, it, it, it's mostly all gimmicky, isn't it? I mean, uh, without being funny, you know, uh, what 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 if you look at a really good budget from an advisor's point of view, you know, you 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 end up with some greyness um people are a bit you know it's vague or people not quite sure perhaps Mm. there's a loophole or people people you know need active advice in terms of dealing with 
you know, a measure or something. But I think all the measures that were implemented last week were more, I don't know what you'd call them, procedural or something, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, the VAT rate, you know, going from 20 to 5%, well, no one needs any advice on that, do they? Um, is it, you know, I don't think there was anything that, that needed any advice, to be honest with you, Charlotte. I think it was just a, a, a range of measures. Um, as I say, mostly um, well-intentioned and or cynical. So I don't think it was that sort of budget, to be honest. No, that's fair enough. And I guess that's partly the point of, of Aspen Weight as well. We're a friend when you need us and we're a friend to check in with. And sometimes it might not necessarily be reaching out for further support. Sometimes it might be comment. But for anyone or any client tuning in who who does want to get in contact with us, we do have an email address set up. Because sometimes, again, these these shows and the stuff we're doing on Aspen Weight Radio are brilliant but sometimes you might want to ask that advice in private or make a comment privately and and people can you can email us friend at aspen-weight.co.uk and it's a point I've reiterated but I know it's something you're really passionate about Paul it's about being there for your customers being there for your clients like you have been throughout the whole of lockdown and having platforms like this on on Facebook but obviously having Aspen Weight radio go live as well it's just another extension of, of that support and and how pleasing it is that to now have your kind of own radio station at your disposal as well yeah fantastic you know and, and, and obviously you know without embarrassing you live um you know to have uh someone like yourself um effectively come from nowhere like who is charlotte you, just, you started out as one of my jokes if you remember uh, I do, I do. <laughs> and I listen to the song. <laughs> you know, you were Charlotte sometime and uh, you you seem to get uh, what we're doing as well as anyone I've met. Oh, so thank that's, you. That's really kind. No, it's not kind. It's just an observation. You know, it's, I think I think what's very interesting about um, about, I suppose, building something the right way is that you you attract like minded people. Definitely. And I think having been involved with the company, oh, I think it must be about five weeks now. And I've said <laughs> it to Ben and I've, I've said it in various webinars and stuff like that. I was just blown away. I really was by the culture. And sometimes things, you know, you could go on a company's website or you could meet someone and, and it all looks the part. But to actually be part of a company where you do have that, that amazing such a really strong team spirit it's been brilliant to be a part of and I've, I've absolutely loved it and obviously working away um towards the launch last Monday was incredible yeah. and shout out to the team I'm sure a number of them are, are listening in and I know firsthand as you do firsthand just how many hours went into to last Monday's launch and yeah. I got really emotional listening to Ben's yeah. jingle I mean then when I presented my own show on Tuesday yeah had all of everything prepared what I wanted to say and then I heard my own name on the on the yeah. jingle and I got yeah I think I welled up a little bit um, how, how did you find last week and being able to again go on that website and to tune in anytime you wanted and, and hear Aspen Weight Radio yeah I mean I, you know I think um uh everything that we're doing is as good as it could be done I don't really think there's anything more you can say about that I'm I think it's, it's very difficult to know uh, which makes you more proud, actually. I think, um, you know, one of the things that I, I, I observed when I met the whole team for the first time, was it two weeks ago, was, um, you know, this was a group of people that I barely knew, but I knew them from, you know what I mean? But I did know them because everyone was just like me. You know, it was like mm. meeting this group of people that should have been strangers, but they weren't. They were, it was like meeting 
members of your family uh, who were living in a different country, they'd come back to mm. home or something, you know, it was yeah. that sort of, you know. So I think, you know, I think um, I just love everything about it. You know, I, I, I think the functionality of the website is superb. Uh, I, I think, you know, frankly, listening to my name, like you say, listening to my own jingle uh, and, and, and and all this week in history jingle that was just you know really 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 special yeah it was fantastic yeah it was a special week and I think for anyone who hasn't listened yet I don't know what you're waiting for head to openweightradio.com <laughs> and you can catch both mine and Paul's shows on catch up um, as well if, if you missed out but I think it's only going to get kind of better and better and one point as well it, it's no mean feat to launch a radio station let alone during a pandemic and the fact that it's been brought together with everyone working remotely via zoom calls I think we've all met up maybe twice for, to coordinate all the photo shoots all the content and stuff like that the fact that your vision has been brought to life in these circumstances as well do you think you'll look back and that's probably another ingredient that makes it all the more special because like you say you and I hadn't met we'd yeah. met via zoom and then we had an opportunity to meet a couple of weeks ago but that sense of familiarity we've been able to do during the most kind of unprecedented of times yeah yeah no, i probably see it the opposite to that actually that doesn't if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> well i think i think um i think the hard bit the hard bit was was having the idea in the first place if you like and then um you know what 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 tends to happen is you know you sort of get an idea and then uh, it wasn't it wasn't implemented straight away, for instance, you know, it, it was quite a long hiatus period from original idea to 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 activation. And I think like like all like all good ideas, um, you know, what was what was key to the success of where we've got is 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 effectively, I suppose, life life's great mix coming together to to actually make it a reality. So what I mean by that is uh, one of the things I must do, I must do a really good program on is, is, is um, I talk about, um, uh, you know, about uh, the magic of, um, of, of things happening, you know, uh, is it luck or, or is it, is it, is it, you know, do you make your own luck mm. and all these sort of things. And so, you know, you've, you had a situation where you had Ben Eltham, for instance, who was effectively, uh, in a business that Aspen Weight was sponsoring, uh, you know that's how it started out. So if you yeah. look at if you look at um, uh, the, the, the synchronicity of it, um, obviously I didn't have to invest in his in his back of the net program. Um, and then more importantly, when when actually we were properly introduced by Gary White, um, then obviously Ben and I both behaved in a way which led to uh, the starting of some sort of bond and some sort of yeah empathy uh, and then of course you know he he then really uh, he then really kicked it forward uh, by offering to um, to film my keynote speech at the next expo uh, which he didn't ask for anything for doing it you know and so I can remember walking into the room at um, in Reading and and Ben and Ben's little face being down the end of the room with his camera, and uh, and of course that in itself, um, how can I put it? it? It created an enhancement to to the offering. You know, it made mm -hmm. us look even more professional uh, than we already were. Um, it was a particularly good 
uh, presentation and we had some really good uh, people in there. Uh, and, and, and funnily enough, on that particular day, not only did Ben Eltham come out of that expo as a key Aspen weight person, so did Dr. Oksana Artiomenko, uh, both on the same day. Uh, and, and actually also a number of quite important clients who were sat in my in, in my presentation. And then, of course, you know, Ben said, let's go and have a cup of tea. We go and have a cup of tea, we chat. Uh, and then Ben sends me a proposal the same night uh, and the rest is history. So yeah. I, I think it, I probably see it more as um, the joy, it might be, the joy of getting business, which is actually more simple than anyone thinks. And just following your nose and trusting in people coming together and creating something special and and not stopping it, actually. That's the hardest thing. I'd say, you know, yeah. one of the things we talked about this morning is, you know, Ben is very much in charge. You know, I don't say to Ben, don't do this, don't do that. You know, and you know, one of the things that I'm, I'm amazingly proud uh, about in terms of his accomplishment is when you listen to the music, um, it's very much in my image. Do you know what I mean? It's the sort of yeah. music that, uh, but I didn't have to tell him to do that. At no stage mm. did I say to him, "You've got to play this. You've got to play that. You mustn't play that." So I, I yeah. think, I think it's it's just wonderful sometimes if you can trust trust in other people and and so for instance, you know, you you exist because uh, Ben has faith in you, and it's and yeah. it, and, it, and it just creates. It's funny actually because um, I often tell a story about a guy called Paul Twamley, who was the training partner at Deloitte, who at the time were I think the second biggest firm in the world and I very cynically because I'm like that I was the president of the accountancy society at university and so I very cynically invited Paul Twamley to be our main speaker at our annual ball uh, mm. and I did it mostly because I wanted to get a job uh, if I'm being honest with you and um, and obviously you know I was sat there slurping over my claret or whatever I was doing <laughs> and, um, and one of the things he said to me he said look Paul I'll give you a tip he said, the key thing to effective recruitment isn't whether the person is the best person in the world. It's do you like that person and do you can you get on with them? And his his logic was he he had gone into Deloitte's and become a partner. So if he got on with the person, it was likely that everyone else would get on with him. So I think that parable is actually really good in terms of why we all get yeah. on. Because, so Ben and I get on. Ben gets on with you, therefore I get on with you. Do you see what I mean? Exactly. It's a good cycle. And it's so fortuitous as well, because I guess for some people listening, they might not know all the backstory of how Aspen Mate Radio came to be and the fact that you had that meeting and you were involved with Back of the Net. And that's how Ben and I met. Um, I was working at Margate Football Club and Ben was producing, presenting, doing everything at Back of the Net. And um, I kind of did a similar thing. He'd, he'd come to present the show. Do you want a cup of tea? Can I help? We, we got chatting. I saw him throughout the season to the point where actually I went down to Haybridge Swifts and interviewed Gary, who's a part of the company as well. So yeah. everyone knows everyone. And I do I do believe in that, having that that faith and knowing that if you kind of put all your good energy and positive thinking into things, it opens up doors and it opens up opportunities. And yeah, never did I think from kind of that initial meeting with Ben at back of the net a couple of seasons ago in a football environment to, to where it is all at now. It's incredible and um, really, really exciting. And, and one thing, because obviously we're coming up to, to yeah. our allotted time this lunchtime, but you've gone on a journey as well in terms of 
being the presenter. How have you found that your own kind of confidence is built? And I say this because I want to talk about the Charlie Hodgson interview a little bit. You managed to get Charlie to open up and speak so candidly. And it's not a skill that a lot of people have. Do you think all of the work that you've done during lockdown to, to hone in on your skills as a presenter helped make that interview as special as it was? Mm. That's a very interesting question, actually. I mean, I, would, I, I think the, um, the, birth, the birth of, of that um, goes back 30, 30 plus years. Um, when I worked for Ernst & Young, who were also one of the top four firms in the world, because I was about the only accountant ever to have a personality, um, you get jumped on. Uh, oh, my, oh my God, we've managed to employ an accountant that's got a personality. We better, <laughs> we better get full weight to do everything uh, and to meet as many people. I'm joking. I'm not joking. This is true. No, no, uh, I can imagine. So, you know, Although I so, do have some friends that have personalities and are accountants. So if they watch this, I'd better put that in there. <laughs> so um, I was, so what was I, 25 years old, and I went through what they call their lecturer's workshop program which is uh, an eight day program, uh, probably as demanding as anything you could ever do. Uh, and effectively you're, you're taught to, um, to give presentations, tutorials, everything that you uh, could ever want to do. Uh, to the very highest level, everything is filmed, you know, dissected by professionals in front of you and all this sort of thing, you know, a very sort of sink or swim experience. And then, um, and I think really, uh, it then comes, I think it's, it's interesting, you know, I, I, I think it's funny, actually, I had a really great conversation with my son last week about the Charlie Hodgson interview, because he was saying, you know, um, normally, Dad, you're quite a opinionated, talkative sort of person who may dominate a conversation. Uh, and he said that he was hugely proud and impressed uh, that I showed to him perhaps a slightly different side uh, to my to my armory um, because you know in the Charlie Hodgson interview he probably did 95% of all the talking I would think and I was very very proud I thought I thought I actually managed to get a couple of scoops you know he said things I think he'd never said uh, in the media before and I think actually you know if I was giving a, a, a tip to people listening to this I think it it, it comes down to um I, uh, sincerity actually i call it sincerity i i genuinely want so for instance when i first met ben eltham this is true and i'm not saying this to be toady or anything I, I sat there and i thought this bloke has got the best voice i've ever heard right and i sat there and i did stuff with him and i thought if i could be anywhere near as good as him that would be really good you know mm-hmm. so i i sit there as a very competitive driven person and I sit there and I think I'm nowhere near as good as this bloke. I don't I don't beat myself up over it. And I, I don't ever I don't I don't put pressure on myself and sit there and think, am I or am I, you know, have I got, you know, am I half as good as him or two thirds? What I do do is I listen, you know, and people say to me, you know, you're doing you talk too much, you don't do this, you don't do that. You know, Drew and Ben will tell you the first two radio shows I did, I got surprisingly nervous and I was quite grumpy uh i gave them both quite a thing hard, to do i gave them both quite a hard time uh especially in the first half an hour of both of them and i th- I, th- I think it's um i think probably the lesson really is uh as i say it comes down to to wanting to improve 
Um, but, but I think you know, it's like anything, isn't it? You know, if you ride a bike a hundred times, uh, you're going to be you're going to be better on the hundredth time than you were on the first. So I, I've just found over the the journey of doing the shows that I've become more and more and more. And I, I find it quite interesting listening to my own show. Um, you know, I, I I think I I I now sound like I'm enjoying myself and it's natural. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, I, I don't know if you can relate to this. Sometimes, as an individual, you almost surprise yourself, don't you? Yes, definitely. And I think sometimes you, you all that fear and nervousness is is an energy that propels you to get better and. And certainly listening to the Charlie Hodgson interview, I was nodding furiously because I agree. I think you got some major scoops out of him. I was really surprised to listen to how candidly he spoke about the mental health sides of things, how isolated sometimes being an elite athlete is. And also as well, the the sort of openness with which he talked about the squad being part of the England teams and dealing with, in, I mean, God, the list goes on. And, and like I say, for anyone that hasn't listened to it yet, it's on this Facebook page. Once, once we're finished, do tune yeah. in because whether you're a rugby fan or not, it's really interesting. And I've always been a firm believer in the power of sport and yeah, it having a more prominent part in, in school curriculums. I worked for a charity called women in sport for, for a short while as well and I've done loads you know my backgrounds in football not so much for the the winning and losing and and the elite side of it but for the transferable skills that it can teach an individual from good communications leadership Mm. and so on and one of the key words that came up in the interview with Charlie was resilience Mm. and that is a word that we use in business quite a lot isn't Mm. it and and that was a topic that you guys spoke about in a lot of detail. And I just wondered whether you feel when you do speak to sports people like Charlie and others that you interact with, your involvement in the rugby club, do you find that actually there's, there is a great synergy between business and sport? Um, well, the answer is yes. Um, it's a couple of things to say about that, I think. I mean, firstly, um, I remember when I interviewed Alistair Hargreaves, which was the first interview uh, I did after the formation of Aspen Weight Media, and, and Alistair played for Saracens in South Africa. Uh, I, funnily enough, played with Charlie for two seasons. Um, I remember the very first time I met Alistair Hargreaves in London, uh, he said to me at the end of the meeting, he said, I like you, you're just like me. Well, you've got, I think you've frozen there, Charlotte. That's Charlotte, sometimes it's now Charlotte frozen time. So just to keep talking, hopefully this is uh, this is going out. So, ah, you're back. Yeah, so... Sorry, so, yeah. guys. I know. I, I just missed out on the best bit there. Sorry. <laughs> I'm back. No, I said, when I first met Alistair Hargreaves at the uh, at the end of our first meeting, he said to me, I really, really like that, Paul. He said, you're just like me. And I think, uh, mm. obviously, one of the things, you know, if you, if you read my first book in particular, where I talk about standing on a... T- standing on a touch line in front of two or three thousand people kicking the winning conversion in a rugby match so i know you know i i i am actually uh, i i would say talking to charlie there's no doubt if anybody knew me when i uh, when i was playing rugby uh, and that meant starting at the age of 10 um i was far more driven and anal than than he ever was even though i wasn't as accomplished a player so i think one of the reasons that um you know there's an empathy is that's because, really interesting because i know you know i know um 
I know, uh, and, and and the business. I think sports people do make good business people because they uh, they're very competitive and they have to work with other people, etc. I think our, our live stream has fallen into the gremlins at the end of our... Oh, dear. No, it's always the way, isn't it? Good old technology. But look, I think that that was really interesting. Like I say, for anyone that hasn't had the opportunity to listen to your interview with Charlie Hodgson, do check it out on our, our Facebook page. It's a really, really good bit of content to listen to. Really interesting, whether you're a sports fan or not. Um, it... it was a great listen um, over the weekend. And that, like I said, that is probably about all we have time for. But I understand that this is the part of the week, Paul, where I ask you for a song choice. So your song of the week, please do tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so um, uh, a, a band that's going to be featured this week. So I've, I've decided to make life easy for myself. So my, my featured band on Saturday is JJ72 who um, uh, are an Irish band um, who never became sort of mainstream, but wrote a number of great songs. So uh, the song today is JJ72 singing Formulae, Formulae. So there we go. Hope you like it. Brilliant. Oh, thank you so much for that. And thank you to everyone that's tuned in, whether they've joined us live this lunchtime or are tuning in on the podcast. I'm sorry for the, the technical issues on my side there. Um, sincerest apologies on that front. But the, the time's flown by, Paul, as always. It's great <laughs> to have your company and hopefully I'll be able to, to hop on again another Monday lunchtime very soon. But have a good week, everyone. Um, and if you haven't yet, I'm going to do a plug. One more plug. Go and check yeah. out aspenweightradio.com we have our social media channels up and running as well so give us a follow we'd really love your support your words of encouragement your feedback i'm live tomorrow from 11 o'clock and paul is live this weekend it's a great soundtrack for your weekend so please do join it tune in and um, but otherwise take care and speak to you all again very very soon brilliant